Yup, this is Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, and collected one. This is Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. God, we sound good. (laughs) And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. We're just saying how we feel with no facts on site. Uh, Gat? Well, some facts. Some facts. Yeah. Some facts. Okay, fine. Um, We want to thank everyone for listening to us. We hope you... By the time you've listened to us and this is released, uh, the weekend will have passed. So we hope you've had a great, prosperous weekend. We want to thank you or send a special thanks to you, those who are listening to us via uh, Apple on iTunes. Uh, we would like for you to subscribe and actually uh, give us a ranking or rate us. Uh, also, if you're listening to us via SoundCloud or Spotify, we want you to follow us. Show us love there. Uh, also, if you've managed to find us on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, we want you to follow us as there, there as well because we're always posting content out there. Gatry, there's a website that they can go to to get all of this information. Where can they go, sir? Walker, no one says it anymore, but I'm going to say it now. www. That's so 1999. <laughs> Tipping point. Before you before you type that in, launch AOL. (laughs) Wait for the dial up. Uh, Get your yeah yeah. Wait for the tone. Wait for the dial up. Make sure no one's on the phone. And get you right. (laughs) Check your landline. Make sure no one's on there. (laughs) (laughs) And then type in www dot the t h a tipping point dot com. (laughs) Thank you so much, sir. Let's get the show started, man. Uh, How are you, Walker? uh, I'm doing well. It's kind of been a while since i mean it's been a week but i mean it's, it's odd for us here lately i know yeah, right all right. right too soon is uh, this too soon kind of kind of hey but, we're here we got the mics on and i think our listeners are here for it true yeah, yeah. you've been you've been well yeah so um I, I something funny happened this week and i thought about you and i didn't share this with you in the production meeting but um my oldest started school this past thursday so ig yeah and I he's think going to the first, first grade yeah, Jesus. and my Instagram posts eloquently said, first day of first grade for my firstborn. Come on, Walker. Bars? <laughs> was that the one you meant to go to? No, I was really going for the applause. That's what I wanted. <laughs> but by the looks of your face, Walker, that's what I, the, the first effect is what I kind of felt like. Um <laughs> It, no, was a, it was appropriate given to your <laughs> mistake, but anyway, we all make those. Check this out, Walker. Uh-huh. So, um, my son, his teacher's name is Miss Brown, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, just just take it in a context, right? Each teacher at my son's school comes up with a theme for their class. Miss um, Brown uh, came up with the brownies. Okay, you hungry yet, Walker? Continue. Okay. So we got Miss Brown. She calls her class the Brownies, right? So here we are at Meet the Teacher on Wednesday. And uh, you see where your kid's going to be sitting? And so I find my son's desk. And beside him, I recognize a name from a kid in his class before who also happens to be Brown. Okay, coincidence. So there are two more desks in this little, you know, section of desk on the opposite side and that's look at the one kid's name i was like i don't know him but you know with a name like that which i'm not going to repeat very low chances kids brown nothing to worry about so then i look at the fourth desk and that's a name i can recognize but i'm like "Mm -mm, it may not be the same kid from his class before so let me just chill out 
So as the parents start to populate this room for Meet the Teachers, I start to notice that at this quadrant of desk are <laughs> four brown parents. <laughs> All at the same square, if you will. So I scratch my head and I'm thinking, Miss Brown, the brownies, and a, the only section of brown people in her class all sitting together. This is harmonious, right, Walker? Um, big coincidence, I would say. Absolutely. So, um, in air quotes. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, uh, very interesting. Uh, Did I didn't you point it out. No, I didn't, Walker. Not on the first day. You know, this is this is a teacher that doesn't know me. I feel like I made my presence felt at my son's school. How did, you feel, how did you feel about that? I felt, I felt a way, as you black people like to say. Um. <laughs> just when you thought you had our sympathy. Just when you thought I had our You just put yourself Dude. on a... <laughs> you had us, yeah. and then you lost us. Um, but my, my thing was, I had sympathy, and I, and I know I can be a lot. So, my thing was, I'm not going to unload... <laughs> technically the day before the first day of school so but i started in the back of my mind and i said i'm gonna save this for walker so i give you that walker so this week you're gonna hmm? you're gonna let her know this week i don't know we'll have to see we'll have to see okay. you know i dropped off some uh, supplies for the classroom on friday morning and you know uh the exchange went well so i'm like okay this has got to be a coincidence right there's there's no there's no reading between the lines on this one right that's to be determined. Okay. So stay tuned, listeners, and you, Walker, stay tuned. You know I will. <laughs> anyway, enough about this guy. What's going on in your world, Walker? All is well. Um, work has been going well. It's of just been good. It has. No, nothing, nothing. This is one of your best weeks professionally. It has actually been a pretty good week for me, I must say. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, it, 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 yeah, I know, but there's truth in that. But no, I'm doing well, man. So thanks for asking. I great, appreciate man. that. Hey, you look great. Uh, shall we? Shall we transition into our main topic for today? Oh, you've never been a man of pleasantries, man. Like, what is your deal? What do you mean? I know. I just, you know how I am. Hey, how? Bob. Our kids. Since I don't have kids, we can't go there. <laughs> okay, I know. <laughs> you, are, you ready? Yes, I Okay. Am. All right. So, Gatry sends me, earlier this week... He sends me a text showing an ad by Procter and Gamble, and as you know, Procter and Gamble is a, an American consumer goods company um, who has a wide variety of products that they sell. Um, I mean, pretty sure we have those products in our home as we speak, right? Right. Um, however, this year they begin uh, launching commercials and videos, not advertising product their products but actually uh tackling head-on social issues right so you may be familiar with some of these one of their child companies is a company that we know of as gillette right mm. uh, razor company yeah okay um they had a com they had a commercial that tackled uh toxic masculinity head-on and how it's being taught in our kids. I think you may recall that earlier in yeah, the year. Yeah. So that was, again, that's Procter & Gamble. A few months ago, they released a commercial um, called The Talk, right? And it took on racial bias, but from a different perspective, from the vantage point of a concerned black parent. 
And so we saw instances of throughout the commercial of parents talking to their children and being forced to, to have these conversations about racial bias with kids because something came up. A girl was told she was pretty for a black girl. Another kid was being picked over last in the baseball game or wasn't able to play. Um, a parent is talking to her daughter about being safe while driving by herself on the road and being pulled over. Right. right. So it, it's it's. Their thing is, let's talk about these uncomfortable issues so that we can get closer to a solution and we don't have to continue discussing them again. Right? Right. So what Gatry sent me was the latest one that Procter & Gamble sent out, and it's called The Look. All right? And it starts with a black guy. He's uh, He wakes up in bed, and he's just kind of mentally preparing himself for his day. Then it fast forwards and shows him walking his son to school. His son uh, waves at a girl in a car, right? And the girl seems to respond to him. But when they keep walking, they look and see her mother, who was, appears to be white, in the front seat. And she raises up her window. She doesn't say anything. But the looks on her face is saying, the look on her face is saying that, mm, I don't want to speak to you, right? And so it shows him... At work, and by the way, he's dressed really nice. Yes. By the way. Oh yeah. Um, he's trying to catch the elevator. He actually signals to the people in the elevator to wait up for him because he's trying to make the elevator. They look right di- directly at him. Do not hold up the elevator, right? So then they they show him in the pool with his son, trying to teach him how to float on his back, right? Yeah. People get out of the pool, look back at them, and they look back at them with a sense of disgust, right? And so you see this, and then it ends with um, them in a courtroom. So it's like you show the show, show the door, you see like the officer in the courtroom opening the door, and they say, all rise. People start standing up, right? And I don't know about you, Gatry, but at this point, I'm thinking, okay, is he a defendant? And I was like, maybe, and I thought that, but I was like, no, maybe he's a lawyer, right? He's probably an attorney or something like that because I'm thinking he's dressed nice with whatever, right? But as they they show the people standing up, they show the jury, they show the people in the back, and then they pan to, they show the bench, and it's the black guy. He's actually a judge. And so it, it talks about how all these biases were directed at a guy who is pretty much well respected. That makes sense, right? Right, right? So that was the conversation about the look, and it tackles racial uh, racial bias. So Gatry sent it to me. We were going to discuss it. What are your What are your thoughts on it, Gatry? Well, well, number one, Walker, thank you for brill- brilliantly drawing the backstory. Yeah. I didn't connect Gillette to Procter and Gamble, but mm-hmm. you are dead on. Yeah. And um, I'm seemingly new to this, so I recently saw the look, and I mm-hmm. you know I was floored. Well. Um, for starters, Walker, you and I being men of color, I'm sure some of those images could resonate with you easily, right? Absolutely. So, um, you, you know, so, some of the immediate thoughts here, Walker, and they're, they're cliche, but let me get through this. Uh, don't judge a book by its cover, you know, because you never know, da 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 Of course. Yeah, but the, the reality, Walker, is these are things that we as black men deal with day in and day out. Some some of, of these actions are more, more covert than others. Right. But um, 
you know, the thing for me was just from a feelings perspective, I felt empowered in a way by seeing this because I'm thinking here is Procter and Gamble, a household brand that you mentioned, taking a stand, putting this great content out and saying, Hey, look, we know this is an issue. We, we are putting our company's namesake on the line to say that we know this, we're aware of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're saying we're here for you, but like, at least to me, it's like, oh, so people really know this is a thing. Right. It's not just something that I, that you deal with, that I deal with, that we just kind of think is just a part of reality. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a, and not to cut you off, I think it's a, it's a small victory because I think all we've wanted people to do first things first before even having a conversation is acknowledge that sure. it's there. Yeah. And I think this is their way of acknowledging it. Right. Right. It's powerful, Walker. So back to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- those are those are my fe- those are my feelings about it. Just, you know, on the surface, watching watching the the, the content or, or consuming the content. So you feel that you felt empowered by that. Yeah, just because okay. it's like somebody knows the struggle that I'm going through. Okay. Now, you know, we don't live in a perfect world by any means, but you know, in my mind it's like, okay, I'm waiting for the next <laughs> news media cycle to come through and say, Procter and Gamble does XYZ to tack to tackle racial bias, you know, but right. it knowing that we don't live in a perfect world, I think that Procter Gamble has done enough by these series of ads, if you will. I agree. There's another step, but you got to think socially or I guess racially, there are more (laughs) Caucasian people consuming their products than there are African-American people. Can we safely say that? I mean, just by numbers, yes. Yeah. So seeing how that name resonates with the Caucasian audience, to me, in a roundabout way, says... Hey, look, I'm John Doe. I use a Gillette razor. I'm seeing this content from a reputable brand. Hey, this is something I really need to think about because, like you said also, this is not the first time Procter & Gamble's put out content like this. So right. what are they after here? Maybe maybe, maybe I should challenge myself to be better a better person. Okay, so let me ask you this. While we're, while we're going down this path, mm-hmm. how do you quantify... I don't know what the objective overall. I kind of threw, threw out what I speculated. Okay. How do you quantify a win for Procter and Gamble? Whew. Like, you know what I mean? It, you're not gonna, and I'm gonna get to that. But that's a really good. You question. get certain enough. What number of people begin to evaluate themselves to where you can say, you know what, this was worth it because hmm. it, it. They had to invest money. Yeah. And invest for this campaign. Where's so the how return? do you what's the return on it for them? That is a tough question. And and Walker, honestly, I think them going on stage essentially mm-hmm. and producing the awareness, I think the ROI is in that. Okay. And as an African American male, you know, if anybody from Parker and Gamble is listening, I've consumed it, I've become empowered by it. That's gotta be a form of ROI for them. Right. Now, socially, 
again, like, what what do you do? Do do you do you hope to impact people to where they're moved to create their own content that addresses similar issues? Or if you're Procter and Gamble, do you send secret spies out across the country to look and find these random acts of people tackling racial bias? I mean, what? I mean, the, the latter's not even or do you just realistic. get the conversation going? Yeah, you get the conversation going. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because this, is, I, I believe, this is safe water cooler talk. And only because it's Procter and Gamble. You think so? Yeah, I think I think their brand carries enough weight to where you can introduce this and say, "Hey, man, did, did you see P and G's new ad? You have it? Just take a look at this on my phone." That would be a good social experiment. Absolutely. That would be a great social experiment. What are you doing tomorrow, Walker? <laughs> at the water cooler, apparently. <laughs> at work. You know, or the crazy. coffee pot. No one has water coolers anymore. <laughs> Some do, really. Some companies, okay. Do. Yeah, okay. but we don't. We don't, <laughs> right? Uh, but we do have a coffee. We got a mean coffee. So, station. so yeah, we got to change that statement. Oh I my know. god, it, I it, feel guilty. Coffee pot it. talk yeah. instead of water cooler. But yeah, it, it, that's always been it as it was. You mind if I? I don't mind at all. That's why I brought two microphones with me. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I didn't know that's <laughs> what the other one was for. <laughs> anyway, um. No, I, I think I think with this, I think it's cool that they're and one of the things that we talked about is always having the conversation. I sure. think everything starts with a conversation, right? And I think what stood out to me in the commercial get is the biggest takeaway I got from this commercial was that it wasn't until people were forced to acknowledge and see the black man for who he was that they did. Mm. in every part because it's the same guy yeah so in every part of the commercial other parts of the commercial white people didn't have to acknowledge him or his presence right they didn't have to acknowledge his significance his value none of that but it wasn't until they were in the courtroom and they were told to rise and show reference to that position that they saw that i'm having to pay reference to this black man and that's the that's really for a lot of us, that's when we feel that we're validated when we have to get in these positions of power or respect. Right. Right? Yeah. And I think that deals with the struggles that we as black men feel that if I don't have money, if I don't have status, if I don't have this position of importance, I'm nothing, especially as a black man, because we've seen men get in power. We've had a president for eight years and we see we saw people disrespect that office day in and day out. Right. So even with us as black men, I can have those things and still feel like I don't matter. Right. Like you don't see me or my value. And I think that commercial really tackled that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that resonated with me in that regard. And and, and then and you you mentioned something about uh, covert racism. And, and, And this is what I've learned is that you can make people do something, but you can't change how people think mm. or choose to think, yeah. right? So we passed civil rights legislation, right? Remember a time, and, we're, and of course we're from Alabama, we're in the South. We remember there was an ugly time in our nation's history and in the South where you had signs over a water fountain. You had signs over restaurants. You had uh, restrooms. You had signs in in the window of a restaurant saying who can come and patronize here, right? Mm -hmm. When those signs came down, 
nothing nothing was done to the mentality or the value systems of those who put the signs up in the first place correct right so what happened was that overt racism transitioned to being covert racism mm-hmm. because even though we've legal or made things to where black people can patronize and be integrated with the rest of society it didn't change the mentality of those people who who, who instituted this in the first place right so that began to be passed down through generations and generations you even came on here in the podcast and told us about a vacation trip you took weeks ago where a child told your firstborn son that because of the color of his skin he's bad right okay how did that child knew to equate being bad with the with the color of someone's skin unless that was taught to that child? Correct. And that's why I was surprised in my adult years that racism still continues because I could have sworn that when we got to the age we are now, we would see less and less of it. Sure. Right. And I feel that with the president that we have in office now who speaks directly to a base of people who feel that way. For the first time ever, these people feel empowered to be overt with their racism and bigotry now. Right. And right. what I appreciate out of Procter & Gamble is that now we we need to talk about this. Right. We need to talk about the things that because it's covert, you don't see it unless it happens directly to you. Mm-hmm. And it'll just be interesting to see how it resonates with people who are not black. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how they see this. Will they be offended? Will they be, you know, because that's a defense mechanism to speak out against it or or feel like they're race baiting. You know, that's that's a that's a dog whistle for we don't want to talk about race. Sure. Right. So it just be interesting to see people's reactions. But as a black man, it spoke to my situation clearly. Absolutely. Do you have any examples where you've had situations come full circle, kind of like what's depicted in in the look oh, absolutely okay. i mean even even <laughs> there are people who stare a hole through me mm. when i'm in the building yeah and it's it's just different it's just different like my wife tells me how there are people who they'll my wife tells me all the time like there are people who come into the office and she's one of the few black people in, the, in that area they'll speak to everyone not really speak to her sure like they just don't see her right right and so, even for me, I feel that way. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel that way. Like, I know what it is. I was like, okay, well, you, you're one of those. <laughs> and I keep it moving, right? Right, right. But absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, we don't we don't live in New York, but I can imagine that's how you feel trying to catch a cab. Uh, I can imagine, you know. Well, who catches cabs? In New York? Uh, no one listening to this catches cabs. Hey, we got New York listeners out there. We do, but they're of the Uber generation, so toss out that example. Okay. Cab? Uh, really? What did your... Uh, well, okay. <laughs> no, people do catch cabs. Though. I know. I mean, when I was in New York a few weeks ago, I saw a multitude of cabs. People catch cabs, I Gary. Walker. I'm just Not- being extra. Thank you. I'm glad you're able to acknowledge that. Therapy works, people. <laughs> you're the which one are you? The emotional one? <laughs> right. Unequivocally. <Gotcha>. Yes. <laughs> well, um, Walker, you you know, I I'm so glad we're talking about this. Um because I guess I guess from a psychological perspective, I know me and I know how across the board I am because I've gotten exposure to so many different cultures. You can just mm-hmm. pick a little bit of something out of me or whatever. 
But um, go- going back to to uh, meet the teacher this past Wednesday. So I'm there, Walker. Uh, I've got on shorts. I've got on my Jordan Four bread OGs, right? Um, yeah, because I just yeah I rock I rock my kicks, right? Yeah. Um, I'm wearing a white T-shirt and I'm wearing my Masters hat. <laughs> Nothing matches. What a combination! <laughs> Holy crap! But it's it, it just shows. Did how you get com- dressed in the dark? No, it was just it was one of those like <laughs> me and the teacher started at six. You go wait 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 wait. <laughs> You threw on a golf hat, yeah, with basketball sneakers, a white tee, not the classic white tee. No, tea. it was more fitted white tee. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what kind of shorts? They were, I mean, they they kind of like these, just like khaki colored shorts. You need a stylist. I do, I do. I, <laughs> there's a guy I've been wanting to approach about that. No, but it, it was just it was just one of those. We teacher started at six. I didn't leave the office till like five fifteen, so I got to rush grab kids because they don't they don't want kids at the meet the teacher. Sure. So I got to you know get the kids throw them at, throw them at my wife and just get out the door. Literally throw them at them. <laughs> Take <Yeah>. them because <laughs> my wife was not going to meet the teacher. Okay. Right. So I'm there and um, I you know I can I, you can you can feel it right. Um, feel I'll, what? You can feel the tension of the look right. Mm. Because I, I walk in, it started in the gym, I walk in, and I know what I'm wearing. I'm not wearing it to get any type of reaction. It's just, just what it, I wanted to wear. It's, you're just in your own world when, element. When I get a realistic opportunity to wear any of my J's, I wear them, whether they match or not. Clearly. <laughs> we'll work on that, though. Um, in time. But here I am. I'm walking in, dressed like I just described. And uh, I don't sit down. I kind of stand up. And I can feel it, right? I can sense it. I'm like, who cares? You know, whatever. (laughs) So um, we're walking down the hallway to to our respective classrooms where our kids are going. And, you know, there's a couple that's really standoffish. You know, you can sense that, right? Mm. And so I'm kind of walking the same path they're walking. And I can tell they're they're alongside me the entire journey from the gym to my son's classroom, right? Mm -hmm. So we walk in, and of course, I'm starting to see people I know, whatever. So I'm speaking, I'm acknowledging, whatever. And then um, I encountered our uh, PTO president, right, okay. in the classroom. And so she sees me, she acknowledges me, she gives me a hug. She says, Ronnie, we are so thankful for everything you did to support the school last year, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I was on PTO. I was a room dad for my son's class. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was highly involved, right? Right. So um, she acknowledges me, and then out of the blue, the gentleman who clearly was standoffish walks over and introduces himself. And so my thought is, dude, you had about 70 to 75 paces from the gym to introduce me, but you waited for validation. From the PTO president. You waited on white people to say he's he's okay. He's okay. Right. And right. so it, it caused me to think like, does she have a responsibility of calming the environment by saying... You think she saw that? I don't know. This is my thought. I don't think she did because I believe in the, good, the greater good of people. But after the fact, I assessed things and I was like, I wonder if she had a responsibility to do, do that to put everyone at ease because there's colored guys in here with Jordans on. I just I don't I don't even know if it's the math I don't think it was the Jordan hat because you had a Masters hat on with it. Right. It's, it's, that's mixed signals. I just think it was the color of your skin. It was what, Walker? The color of your skin. No, it was mixed signals. 
Okay. Which I think could cause some discomfort for some people. <laughs> oh, this guy, he's black, but he's mad. You can't get a hat like that unless you go to the map. So that means he's going. But the Jordans! Uh, is, is he a gangbanger? Is he selling drugs in my neighborhood and taking his money and going to the Masters? Is he selling drugs to the Masters? <laughs> what, what is oh, okay. Good heavens, he's PTO. Thank you, PTO Ooh. president. <laughs> Saved by the PTO president, right? Yeah. yeah. But that, that's the kind of thought I had. Like, Hilarious. You know? And all that is going on in your mind. Yes. Racing. Yes. It, it, it doesn't start to really manifest. Until I get out of that environment, I'm starting to play things back. Hilarious. But and then that, like, then, then our, all, all of our ki- all the brown kids in this section. Of the- <laughs> and here's the thing: it, what, it's so interesting that you bring that up because you have you have the black guy, and then you have the safe black guy. Yes, that's the thing, Walker. And you are the exception. Yes. Right. So you're looking for exceptions to the rule, and other until it's validated that you're the exception. Right? Right. I have to throw you in the same pot as every other black person I don't know and I'm, and I'm uncomfortable Which with. Which is being standoffish, to your point of the of the video, rolling up the window. Right. The, dude, and I'm sorry, Walker, I'm sidebarring, but I feel so much from this from this content. Go for man. it. Go for um, it. But, dude, that image of him in the pool. Walker, I've lived this. Yeah. Like, I felt empty after... Being on the other side of that, right? I, I, I remember the first time we went. You're to devalued, the, yeah, right there. But I remember the first time we went to the pool in our neighborhood, like fresh off our house being built. Mm-hmm. I got my son who was like, he's not even one. Mm. You know, he he sees water, he wants to splash in the water. Mm-hmm. So it's he and I took him. We're in the kiddie pool, he's kicking around, and dude, I look up, and I'm like, everybody's gotten out of the pool. Everybody's leaving at the same time, mm. and I look up, I'm like. There's not a cloud in the sky. And I look at my phone. I'm like, well, maybe there's a thunderstorm rolling in. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, a, there is, Ronnie. It was a cloud. Yeah, it's Hurricane Ronnie. Hurricane black people. <laughs> but, dude, I felt that so much, Walker. That scene, I was just like, yeah. yes, Proctor and Gamble, this is what I'm dealing with. Right, right. Absolutely. Jeez. Absolutely. Sorry, emotional and, overload here. And, and here's the thing. It, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see... How it's received by white people. Yes. And I've got the perfect control group, Walker. I was thinking about that as you were saying. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out yes. with them. Um, some may melt at it. Some may be open to it. But I, unfortunately, because you can't change how people think, they're going to find a way to undermine it. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. That's, that's And that's what's frustrating to... That's frustrating to someone such as you and I because I just look at, as an example, my marriage. I can understand how frustrating it would be for something to bother my wife, come to me, and I deflect. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, or I, you know what I mean? Or you know what I mean? I can, I can, I can imagine the frustration I put on her by refusing to acknowledge something that I'm doing. Because it's uncomfortable for me to be forced to evaluate the BS that I'm doing. There you go. The way that I think, right? And yeah. how it's hurting her, right? Right. So, again, it's a social experiment. It'll be interesting to see who hears or sees this video and really begins to assess the way they think. And, and Walker, that's the thing, like... I rub shoulders, rub elbows with a lot of Caucasian people. Mm-hmm. A lot. 
And I think deep down what I want is one of them to, to view this and genuinely heart, heartfelt look me in the eye and ask, you deal with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's the question I want put on the table. I'm not, I'm not going to be militant about it. It's not in my DNA. But I just want the opportunity to say, this is not theatric. Like, yeah. this is real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, no, thank you for being candid about that. That, well, that was that was great. The way, Walker. I try not to be, but it just comes out. Hey, I just mean, it, it, it's, it's, <laughs> but you've lived it and yeah. you can recount the experiences like the guy experienced in the commercial of sure. like how that impacted you. So, and I've experienced it the, the same way as well, even on my job. So yeah, yeah I, I know what it's like to feel like. Do you really belong here? Right. You know what right, I mean? And then right. I don't make it any easier with me being very um, free to wear my hair a certain way and the things that I do. Like, I come off as really black yeah. now. Um, so You're beyond unapologetic. So, <laughs> no Fs. Right. I None ran left out, I ran out of Fs years ago. Right? A, B, C, D, E, G. <laughs> right? So, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, man. Great conversation, man. Absolutely. And and I'm pretty sure that's going to resonate with a lot of people. Shall we, sir? Shall we transition on to one of our popular segments? Walker, this segment is really popular because we we give ourselves the option to either A, discuss, or B, trash certain topics that, you know, that made their way across our news cycle, whether it's this week or the somewhat recent memory so um without further ado listeners we give you the disgust or trash segments <laughs> we know y'all love it hey for that that's enough that's enough okay great right. <laughs> <laughs> so um in entertainment and music music walker our first up is a man who's no stranger to this podcast that is mr aubrey drake graham discuss or trash trash okay no shocker there. Trash. You want to no, know why I'm trashing him? Because nothing was ever the same or different. No. So Gats wants to talk about Drake, that album still being on Billboard. And kudos to Drake, because I actually like that album. <gasps> yes. That's no shock. Don't do that. I need a sound effect. Don't do that. Don't do that. I need a <gasps> sound no. effect. Well, you already did it. <laughs> What's the point of that if you already did it? Go on, walk. No, but listen, what was the title of our last episode? I don't, or I can't stan. No D. No D. Stan Drake. Drake. So I come off as a Drake hater on this podcast, and that's fine, because across from me is a stan, a Drake stan. That's what I don't get. You and I'm going to always... You hate him. There's, hmm? no, there's no in between. You're either a stan or you hate him. Spoken perfectly by a Drake stan, right? So, no, I'm objective towards Drake. Okay. So, that in that way, I come off it. This is nothing to see here. Kudos to him for, for his album still, be, still being on Billboard. It's something that you don't respect dropped, when I bring up. Six years ago. Oh, let's, get, let's get on. We next trashed topic. it. We trashed next, it. Next topic, uh, Walker. We have uh, Wale. Um, discuss the trash? Yeah, discuss it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Discuss your trash. He's still emotional. He's trash and Drake. Uh, let's discuss this one. Okay. So, what are we discussing about Wale? Wale recently was on Twitter 
And he said, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, I am one of the greatest uh, MCs ever to do it. There, I said it. Okay. All right? Yeah. Now, if you are a Wale fan, you you were here for it all. You agreed. You, I mean, you just was, yeah. What else? Nothing to see here. Show me the lie. Right. Right? Yeah. But you better believe he drew his fair share of criticism for of saying course. that, right? Yeah. Now, get. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I'm a little torn on this, so I want your opinion because I don't think there's nothing. A, a big part of being a rapper, or the big part of hip hop culture, is bravado. Yeah. In other words, I'm the flyest, dopest, best. I can rhyme the best. I got the most women. I. You know what I mean? My cars flyer, homes flyer, all this is flyer than you. Is it's about it's a it's about bravado, sure, right? So of course a pe- person is going to feel like they're one of the best ever to do it, right? It comes with the hip hop package. Okay. Um, your thoughts on that? Uh, it, my real thoughts are nothing to see here. We we get into this several points in the year. Or, Rapper X thinks, you know, I'm the greatest ever. I just, I'm just going to echo what you said. Like, if you're going to rap nowadays, you've got to have that confidence. You've got to grip that mic knowing there's no one out here doing it at the level that you are. Even if you're garbage, mm-hmm. that confidence level is what keeps you going, right? Right. Um. So, with that, Walker, I mean, Wale's ill. Like, I mean, he's, I respect the guy. Wale's a great artist. Yeah. I think he, I think he, he's pretty much the Rodney Dangerfield of of hip hop currently. I don't think he gets the respect that he feels that he should get. Oh, okay. Well, you know what I mean? And I, I think that's another part of the hip hop package, if you will, because you've got to introduce some self-doubt into your own head to fuel your raps, right? And you've got to counter that by saying, listen to my bars. This is why I'm the best. Right. Right. So, nothing to see here, really. I respect Wale. He's, he's OB. I do. He's a and fan I, I, of OVO, so. Listen, let me say you something. I'm going to say this. I respect him. He's got, he actually has a single out right now that's, that sounds pretty good. Um, featuring Jeremiah. It's okay. <gasps> no, it's actually really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining the conversation. So, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> um, but yes, he has a single out. And really, I'm going to be honest with you. I think he has a project coming. Yeah. So, this is just what artists do. I mean, let me get, drip, let me drip, get my drip, name. Drip, drip. Let me get my name out here and they'll get people talking about me. So, when I can drop this album, they're looking for me. Right. right? Let's see if he really is one of the goats. Right. Right? right. So, I think that's a part of it. And then also, you know, hey, I feel that. If that's how you feel, say how you feel. There's yeah, nothing man. wrong with that. I mean, America. people start calling Wayne one of the greats because he starts saying it, right? Right. T.I. is the king of the South. Why? Because he started claiming he was the king of the South. There so I, I get it. However, if we can be, if we can all speak our truth, let me say that I don't think Wale is one of the goats. That's just me. I think he's a great, talented artist, but I don't think he's one of the goats. Okay. That's a big list course and the list seems to grow by the week that's yeah. why i'm just not not impacted by these comments or whatever agreed okay shall we move on yeah another moving on to another not goat uh rick ross great transition walker oh god goodness gracious talk about a guy who'll never be in the goat conversation uh, rick ross he dropped a project a couple days ago um discuss the trash 
It's disgusting. Okay. You're such a hater. Walker, this... I'm just going to get straight to it. You're a hater now. This album is absolute garbage. Okay. Um, I can't retort or speak against it because I have yet to hear it. Well, and like I told you last night, that makes you one of the blessed ones. Because no one deserves to hear what this man just put out. And and I say that even with the Drake track on there. So why is he not going to ever be one of the goats? Why is he not going to be respected as a... As even a really good rapper, because he he doesn't really put bars together. Not bars is gonna resonate with you years down the oh years down the line. Boy. You're gonna uh, okay. You're gonna say boss. You're gonna say all that stuff, right? But those aren't bars. Those are ad libs. Those are sound effects that we could incorporate in our recordings if we wanted to. But we have higher standards for our podcast. But Ross is not get Ross is not giving you work now. Production wise, he does a great job to make sure his beats are. A1, except on this last project. I was very, very, very disturbed by some of the production he, he came up with on this album. Felt like he threw it together. But anyway, um, you, you, you can debate this all day and night, Walker, but Ross doesn't have those cemented bars of substance that are going to stick to your ribs like a few other rappers we know. You, the floor is open for you to challenge this whenever you're ready. Yeah, I just disagree with you all the way through because you're someone who focuses, has admitted on this podcast that you focus on production rather than raps. So who are you to step over into the bar category and give your personal opinion about bars and how it impacts you when you have made beating your chest right now off of production? You're feeding the beast. Off of production. You're going right where I wanted you to go. If I'm a guy who can enter this realm of hip hop, Beat production influenced, right? And I can still find ways to pull bars out when I hear them every now and then. You're that means you're really resonating with an audience. I'm animated right now, Walker, because I want you to feel this. Okay? So me being a guy that listens to beats first, mm-hmm. any any lyric I can pull out years down the line, maybe for example, say six years later, um, I think that I think that stands for very substantial bar work, in my opinion. You may not like it, but I think I'm Big Meech. Larry Hoover still stands out. Those are bars? Quotables. Quotables. We're, we're not. Gonna Tell me that's not, that doesn't resonate. People there, still don't there know. There are people that love you that listen to this podcast. You're you're lacking credibility. I'm not going to do this to you're you. You're lacking credibility um, yet. I, I, we, I we do not grip mics and like to kill no, no, my no. friends. What did you say? What did you say? I said bar work. No, 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 no. What did you you said memorable? Yeah. You talking about boss? This no, they're not gonna remember that. But I think I'm Big Meech. Anytime anyone says that, they go straight to who? Rick Ross. That's pretty memorable. If I said A Bay Bay, where would you go? I don't even remember who sung that. Hurricane Chris. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Slide your black card under the table. We won't tell anyone. Um, you can't pull anyone's black card because you attribute all black things to not being associated with you. Have a seat. Oh, wait, you are sitting down. Stand back up and sit down. (laughs) Sit up, stand up, and sit back down so you can actually have an official seat. Okay. Can we move on? Hmm? Please. Okay. What's next? What's what's next on the on the dock? It. Another another guy who, in terms of rap and hip hop, will never be in the goat conversation. Walker, I love the way you drew this up. I didn't see what you were doing, but now I get it. Um, P Diddy is in our news cycle, and he what he's got a 
He's got a new loved one. He a new loved one. What what is it? This guy. What? I don't know what it is, okay. but she's less than half his age and and is younger than oh, his is this, son. Is this Steve Harvey's daughter. Lori Harvey. The light bulb just went on. We talked about this like twenty times. Discuss. Oh, it finally. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who I'm sitting across from. Can, he said his name is Gatry. I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. Walker, we are talking about this. Let's go. Talking about. Why didn't you say this? Talk twi- about not keeping the same energy. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> No. No. Oh yes. Okay. Your thoughts? So Walker, a Steve Stephen Harv Stephen Stephen Steve, Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey's daughter is twenty two years old, right? Okay. Which makes her official. No, you know, no R Kelly stuff going on here. Right. 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 Okay? Right. 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 What, what? What I like? What I like most about hearing this was that. Because um, I think they were spotted in France or something like that. Yeah. And Steve like Harvey that. and his current wife, Marguerite, is that her name, Walker? Marjorie. Marjorie, not Marjorie, um, were in the vicinity and they were applauding this. Okay. Right? Did I hear correctly? I mean, they were they were hanging out together. Yeah. Okay. They were together. So, I mean, Here, you're cool with it. Here's why it's not as big of a deal as, you know, the news is or social media or whatever is making out to be. She's 22, right? Mm -hmm. And think of it from Steve Harvey's perspective. Okay, he knows, he's been in entertainment business long enough. He knows that this is probably not going to be a long-term situation or whatever. But she's, she's I mean, not in the hands, but she's in company with a guy that's pretty successful. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's turn the tables here, right? Mm -hmm. Let's Let's say his daughter decides to go with someone on the other side of the spectrum. You know, maybe not not having much education, not maybe not knowing where to wear their pants, maybe not being able to speak eloquently. I think think Mr. Harvey would have a little more anxiety over that. But it's P. Diddy, you know. Hey, there's a lot worse she could be doing. Okay. Your thoughts, Walker? I think Lori Harvey is the epitome of what it means to have a hot girl summer. Okay. Is that yeah? I mean, yeah. let's just put a bow on it. That's okay. hot girl summer. Yeah. Diddy ain't trying to marry nobody, no. especially no one. So, and she knows that. This is just so she's going to take these trips. Yeah. She's going to live her life. She's going to do what she do, and she's going to have a good time doing it. Secure the bag. Hot girl summer. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got about that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's swiftly transition. To, uh, still staying in discusser trash, but we're going to more current events slash political section. Um, first topic up for discussion or trash is uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, we're definitely going to discuss this. Yeah, one. I don't see us spending a lot of time here, but um, I got you. I got you kicking us off. So, what you got, Walker? Um, we talked about him in depth a few podcasts ago, so no need to rehash or get us caught up on that. You yeah. can you can see. I don't even remember the episode of that. The name of it? Yeah, which Me one? Me neither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we it was actually a. Two or three podcasts ago, we talked about him in right. depth. Um, he was waiting trial. Yes. Um, and 
I had heard on another podcast, uh, shout out to Joe Budden, um, that he was found maybe like a week or so ago in his cell, like in a fetal position. Yeah, he should have been. <laughs> letting us know that, like, it appears that he was trying to take his life. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're recording on a Sunday. It was reported yesterday, Saturday morning, that he was found, I believe, hang, he had yes. hanged himself. Yes. He had hanged himself. So Jeffrey Epstein um, has committed suicide and is no longer with us. All right. Um, that's the backstory. Your thoughts, sir? Um, coward. Why is he a coward? Uh, I mean, if you're going to... It's still alleged. I could, well, it's still alleged. No, I mean, if, if he if he really believed he didn't do it, would he have hanged himself? Um, I don't know. Okay, so I mean, you can just I'm, see, you can also see the writing on the wall too. Yeah, I'm gonna remove alleged from this comment, but oh, oh, oh he's he is a sex trafficker. Yeah, so he's got to own up to this. I mean, he he didn't want what was on the other side of that, even though he deserved every last molecule of what was coming in terms of indictment and everything his way. Sure, well, he took the coward's way out and said, you know what, he's easier to off myself. Listen, Jeffrey Epstein is nothing. What? 50s, 60s? Yeah, yeah. He's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. Right. What's it to live for? Mm. I don't condone suicide. I Me either, but um, I, I get it. Yeah. In this case, I get it. Do you think it's cowardice? Do I think it's cowardice? Um, yes, because to your point, you're not going to accept accountability or the punishment for one's actions. Sure. You're escaping the consequences. Walker, absolutely. Walker, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really simplify this, right? Um... At our house, trash is my responsibility. I should have said that. <laughs> that is so appropriate. That is so appropriate. Why did I say <laughs> that? is so appropriate. Why did I say that? It's what you do. <laughs> it's what you, when you think, when you think of garbage, think of, think of Petri. <laughs> think of Hakeem. Think of garbage. <laughs> Sorry. That was great. Well played, sir. I don't even know if I need to finish this example. (laughs) I don't know where you were going, so. (laughs) My point was. (laughs) When you think of garbage, (laughs) think of Gatry. Sorry. If If I lack on my responsibility of managing the trash. At our house, mm-hmm. there are consequences, right? Yeah. So, but the thing is, Walker, I'm a man. Okay. Okay. So I have to, as a man, stand up and say, you know what? I didn't empty the trash cans adequately. So if there's a rodent infestation that happens because of that, that's really going to start with me, start and end with me. I've got to own up to that. i got to live with that. I don't then decide I'm going to move out and just say, you know what? This is too much for me to deal with. I don't want to face the music. Okay. No, I deal with the trash and I deal with the ants. Yeah, I, Epstein, I, he didn't want to deal with the ants. Okay, coward. Okay, that's that's. He light. was a man that yeah. urinated standing up, just like you and I did. He's a man. He was a man. He's a cowardly man. Face this, man. Okay. Face it. There's light at the end of the ants and rodents in your house. There's no light at the end of the tunnel for him. He was going to die in prison. And if you don't want to die in prison, then hey, check out. 
I'm not an advocate for it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's that's the thought process. It's whack, and he's whack for doing that. But anyway, hey, a fiendish part of me wants Ooh. to see this guy fry. That's probably what it was. You didn't get you didn't you didn't get the chance to get that Tim Sizzleny. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. All, All right. right, I had oh. a very dark joke coming, but <laughs> let's just let's, let's move on. Let's please move on while we're still. Next topic um, for up for discuss or trash, we have the Mississippi ice raids. Let's discuss it. Okay, not going to be here long, Walker. Thank you. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, um, our president has uh, beefed up the efforts of immigra- immigration control. He's targeted the state of Mississippi. Uh, what this resulted in here recently were um, a lot of people being not captured, but apprehended. Is that being taken into ICE custody? Okay. Okay. Um, this is nothing new. Uh, this is a very controversial topic that we're not going to camp out on. My only angle for this, Walker, was as a dad, um, I, I got to see the kids who were kind of lost in the in the mix here. Kids that were taken to school only to leave school without their parents. This touched my heart, Walker. Mm. Um, this made me look at this immigration control thing from a different perspective. Of course, I'm biased. I'm a parent. I'm going to look at it differently. But seeing these kids hang in the balance and ultimately be put back in the system really just tugged at my heartstrings a bit. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I can I can relate to that. Even yeah. if I don't have kids, like that's that's pretty tough. Um, I just, from what we know about ICE, I haven't heard anything positive. All right. Have you heard any news about ICE that was positive? No, no. So why should I have positive feelings about ICE at this point? Touché. Anytime there's news about ICE, I'm like, okay, who whose lives you ruined? Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's just I uh, I, I don't I don't want to sound right? indifferent, but. I think my feelings, and this is a great this is a great place to put it put this here. I don't have positive feelings about ICE, especially under this administration. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's not to say that ICE was great before this administration sure. either. But it really is when I think of ICE, I don't have positive feelings or emotions. Gotcha. So to hear about what happened in Mississippi, I mean, my prayers. Or with those families, I pray God's peace and comfort with those families that they can hopefully reconcile and be back together and they can figure this thing out. But the whole situation with, with ICE, I just don't feel positive about it in the first place. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I just don't, uh, I don't see how you can even work with ICE. I, don't, I couldn't even be that person going to get those kids or get, you know what oh I mean? I, how could you live with yourself? Yeah, I'd have a hard you time. May even feel, you may even feel that there should be some stiff controls in terms of immigration and whatnot but to be on the front lines doing that i would hate my job and i would probably have difficulty sleeping at night definitely looking myself in the mirror so i have no positive feelings about that you know my wife asked me a compelling question about this last night and um her question was the these people that are being uh why do i want to say captured so much um, these people that are being taken into ICE custody, these people were working. Like it's not like they were just kind of hanging out. So, what happens to the people employing them? 
no one ever wants to talk about that but should there be repercussions for people that are employing quote-unquote illegal citizens um or illegal immigrants because illegal citizens is an oxymoron right um I guess it, it, I thought it was a great question. I didn't it is. I it, just but, never thought you know, about it, but yeah, they're, they're I, smart people on this podcast, so I thought I'd put it there. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Oh, I was talking to our, our listeners. Oh, <laughs> um, so you shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. So, um, next topic we have up is uh, old Broadway Joe Biden. <laughs> he's a, he's a new Broadway <laughs> he's Joe. Broadway. I don't know who else Joe, is. Joe Namath. Who? Joe. Oh, oh. Oh, Alabama guy that no no longer he's no longer Broadway Joe. He's got to introduce himself. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> For another day. <laughs> so Joe Biden um, was in Des Moines, Iowa, this past Thursday night, and he was speaking to the Asian and Latino Commission, um, and he made these comments as it pertains to uh, yeah. Just let's just play it. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. So my question to you, Gatry, is what do you think the person who first started clapping thought? Was that the (laughs) uncomfortable clap or was that like the... I'm going to tell you exactly what they thought. (laughs) My clap's going to be the first one on the news feed. (laughs) They run this back. <laughs> no, they they definitely felt awkward. It was the awkward clap? It had to have been. Okay. You don't think so? So let's drown out the pin drop by clapping. <laughs> oh, okay. I see I see what you're saying now. I see what you're saying. Okay. I, I'm guessing we're discussing this. We're absolutely discussing this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Walker... My my sentiments are they echo what I've said on other podcasts when talking about the whole democratic situation. You use the term royal rumble, right? So I'm going to adopt that temporarily if I can. This just shows, <laughs> again, I hate to say this, but this just shows why I think Trump will win. Will get a get another term because don't think you're wrong. If, I mean. I don't Joe, think you're, I'm, really? I'm, I'm so easy. I so it's so easy to disagree with you on topics, but jeez, kind of hard. To... We know what he's saying, Walker. <laughs> All black kids are poor kids. Okay, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. I just want to ask the Democratic Party: Is this your king? Ugh. Is this your king? Is this your Democratic leader who's going to get? The guy you hate so bad out of office. Is this the guy? Because really and truly, yes, we know what he he had good intentions he about what he was trying. He wasn't even yeah, he wasn't even talking about black people. Or he wasn't what he wasn't specific in this. He was just saying he because he was talking to Latino and Asian people. Right? So as black people, we know what he meant by that. Yeah. We know how that resonates. Right. But you have to think. This is how. This is how. How so out of touch he is. Joe Biden is out of touch. Yeah. This is clear evidence that he's out of touch. No argument for this. And you can't. I don't even know why this person is even leading in the Democratic candidates if he's that 
out of touch. Recognition. Because basically what you're saying is Asian and Latinos are poor. Yeah. And you tried to fix it by saying they're they're just as smart as white kids, black kids, wealthy kids, rich kids, whatever. Okay, so who's poor then? Since um, you want, since you tried to fix it, who's see poor what, now? Let's see what race of people he didn't. Okay, I guess Russian kids. Um, Who would identify as white. Oh, that's right. Uh, what you got? Nothing. Nothing? Crickets. I, I did have a so, sound effect. So after you tried to fix that, what were you saying in, again? <laughs> Run that back, Joe. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? This Let's is, think through. Let's think this, this is one top through. Foolery. Let's think this one through here. What what exactly were you trying to convey to us? Right? Right. Uh, yeah. Cause as a black person, I'm gonna be honest. As a black person, he was talking to Latino. And I'm gonna tell you that's a stigma with that. It's even with black people as well. But he was talking to the, the Latino and Asian communities. Sure. Now we know stereotypically Asians aren't poor. perceived as poor. Right. Which is I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some out there. Which is what made his comments wild. Right. Right? But you were directing that. I took that as he was aiming that at Latinos. Oh, I didn't take it that way. I took it that way. Okay. And I can see how you as as, as a... As, I think he's... You're... Were well, you black? Uh, yeah, I... Ish. Okay. It's like, why are you offended again? Anyway. Um, I can see how black people would take exception to that. I admit, as a black man, that was a wild comment. Oh, yeah. But in context, I'm thinking he's talking about Latinos being just as smart or good as white kids. And he equated them to being poor. Right. He basically called Latino kids poor. Right? Right. So, to me, it's just an example of him being so out of touch. And I said this the last recording. I think the Democratic Party overall, for him to be your leading candidate... Trash. Yeah. He let Nas down on this Tra- one. Because <laughs> <laughs> if Nas ruled the world, hey, Nas, <laughs> this is why we do this. I freed all my sons, <laughs> black diamonds and pearls, right? Uh, but no, is it, I feel that they're trash, and that doesn't mean that I, I consider myself to be Republican or conservative in any way. I just know that you have an outdated playbook. Yes. You're you're lining up in the wishbone Man. in today's day and age. The sad part is Joe is going to be the Democratic nominee. Good luck. And good luck trying to win over black people. I mean, this is the same guy. <laughs> this is the same every year you're for, you're pushing for the black vote. But this is the guy who wrote the 94 crime bill. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who's saying statements like that and you want us as black how are you going to bring black, black people back to the table? I'll tell you how. He's and you're do it. part of an administration that people felt jaded by. I'll tell you how he's going to do it. How he's going to do it. He's going to call up. He's got he's got him on speed dial. Obama? Two numbers. 4-4. Four, four. That's all Joe dials. And it goes straight to Barack Obama. The bets, the 4-4 the, the four, four signal? Yes. And he's going to say, get me the black people. And he's going to hang up. And we'll see what happens. Probably right. Thank you. You're probably right. What's next? All right. Next is our sports segment of discuss, discuss or trash. Politics, sports, politicky, sportsy, it's, sportsy. Yeah, it's a little blurred there. But gotcha. Yeah. What you got? Um, first topic we have up: your favorite Colin Kaepernick and President Trump. Discuss Ooh. or trash? Let's discuss it. Okay. 
That's disgusting. Okay, so this week, um, President Trump, uh, he was asked uh, about Colin Kaepernick. I'm sorry. You feel the way? For, I, I need to. I need to really get myself together. Some, something on your mind? <laughs> he was asked recently about his thoughts on uh, Colin Kaepernick, and uh, his thoughts went a little something like this. President. In your view, Mr. President, should Colin Kaepernick get an opportunity to play in the NFL? Only if he's good enough. Yeah, if he's good enough. Yeah, I'm not going why, to... Why would he play if he's good enough? And I think if he was good enough, I know the owners. I know Bob Kraft. I know so many of the owners. If he's good enough, they'd sign him. So if he's good enough, I know these people. They would sign him in a heartbeat. They will do anything they can to win games. Is he good enough, Walker? What does good, good enough? What does good enough mean? I don't know, but he he said it like nine times on my count. Well, he's repetitive like that, Jeez. so yeah. I cringe when I hear him talk about major things because he always repeats himself. Right. It's that almost means, like that means he has. It's like thought. he's intentionally listening to himself talk. Right. 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 Um. Okay, Gat. What does keep What does keep the same energy mean to you? Ooh. That means if you have statements made on a Monday that reflect a certain opinion, on Tuesday, I'm going to need you to make sure that you're still riding hard for that same opinion. Or at the very least, acknowledge what you've said in the past oh. and indicate that you've changed your position. There's nothing wrong with changing your position as long as you acknowledge that the way that I used to think, mm. I no longer feel that way. Mm. And this is why I feel this way today. Okay. Is that fair? That's fair. Because people reserve the right to change their mind on things. Yeah, a, this was the yeah. same guy who in our exact state that we're doing this podcast in, if I recall, I think the city was mm. Huntsville? You're taking us back, Walker. Hmm. And he was politicking for a certain candidate to run for Alabama Senate. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. Um, He said that the owners should do what to players who kneel during the national anthem? Fire them. That had nothing to do with talent. Right. Right? SOBs, I think. Yeah. Did he use that term? I think, I mean, he talked about this a lot. Okay. I can't remember if he used it then, but he did say that. Sure. Okay. So, this is the same guy today saying only if he's good enough. I can't imagine why owners wouldn't sign a player if he isn't good enough. Mm. Yeah. When he was in Huntsville saying they should be fired if they kneel. All right. So, which one is it? Oh. We know this is a guy who says whatever he's thinking at the time sure. with no accountability. <laughs> Right? Um, I was so close to trashing this when I thought about who we're talking about. Yeah. But what do you think about it? And um, what, what what did you want to bring to the table on it? Well, And by the way, I do think Cap is good enough. And he has been good enough to and, play. And my, my thoughts come strictly from a sports perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And um, one of the first names that comes to mind is a gentleman by the name of Nathan Peterman. Does it ring a bell with you? No. This is, this is a man who... Uh, currently, currently on an NFL roster, uh, had a game last year in which he threw more interceptions than he had total yards passing. Let that sink in. Wow. <laughs> wow. So he, he's currently employed. He's actually um, the backup quarterback of the Oakland Raiders right now, like number two. Okay. 
So the writers in trouble, huh? Are the writers in trouble? Uh, yeah, yeah. So in in thinking <laughs> of the comments made by uh, Trump, if he's good enough, now Colin Kaepernick's had a Super Bowl appearances. He he's had numerous playoff appearances, Pro Bowl appearances, Pro Bowl appearances. Yeah. I, I'm not a betting guy, Walker. I'm not, but okay. I, I put a significant is, amount of this is a safe one. This yeah, is a safe bet. I put a think. significant amount of my conservative dollars, not conservative politically, but conservative financially, uh, do- dollars on the table to say I'd be willing to bet Kaepernick will never have a game where he threw more picks than he had yards, or that he's better than Mr. Peterman. Right. So, my thoughts, Walker. He's good enough. Yeah, he's good enough. What's the real reason? It's not good enough. Oh, okay. So, that, 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 that's all Stop I got. Stop race baiting. <laughs> you blackish people who don't want to be black to talk about black stuff. <laughs> Get them out of here. That that really sums up my thoughts on this garbage. But anyway. This was so close to being trash worthy. Yeah, but I know close. you had feelings about this. So, All right. Next up, Walker, we got... Speaking of... We should call Speaking this of someone, who, someone who, yeah, goodness. So we, so we have this is a player of the week nominee. Yes, Jason Whitlock. Yes, discuss or trash. Is it up to me, Walker? Oh, it's on you. If it were just me recording, I would trash this. But I know how you feel about this, Walker, and I know your don't do is that. Ready. Don't do that. No, 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 don't no. Don't do that. No, 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 no. You no. have feelings too. I do. You do. And that's disgusting. That was a double entendre too. But yeah, you do have feelings. I do. Okay. Um, so for those who don't know who Jason Whitlock is, Jason Whitlock has been a journalist, sports journalist for quite some time. He's been on ESPN, but as of lately, he's been on Fox Sports. He also has a show for where a lot of his opinions and clips come from on YouTube from a show called Speak for Yourself, which quite frankly, he can always speak for himself any day of the week because he's not speaking for the black delegation, right? No. So, there was a recent uh, recent episode this past week where he was critical of LeBron James, okay? And as you know, I think, is, is it like AAU or something that his, yeah. his son is doing? Okay, yes. so his son, his son, Bronny, uh, LeBron James' son, Bronny, is in an AAU camp, and LeBron's been there supportive of his kids, and... Um, you know, we've seen him on the sidelines being there present and whatnot. So there was a clip showing him, um, you know, in the layup line. In the layup line, doing throwing it off the backboard, dunking, putting on a show for the kids. Sure. Right? This drew criticism from, as you would call it, Ooh. trolls. Trolls, yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Stay with me. Gotcha. But... Jason got hold of this, and he had some comments to say about it. And basically, just to paraphrase them, we're not gonna, gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on this. But Jason basically alluded to the fact that LeBron James is hogging the limelight from his son, and he called it was it helicopter parenting yeah. or helicopter dad yeah. or something like that. Yeah. He equated him to the Levar Ball. Mm-hmm. He equated him to those parents who I think just he sent LeBron ball or look. Le, yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So 
he he made the he made the parallel or tried to make a parallel between him and LeVar Ball, those parents who people deem are way too hovering over their, their son, and that he should take advice from from he should take his own advice that he gave to his mom a few years ago when he felt like she was way too involved to sit his A down, right. basically. Yeah. Gatry, as a father of a son who loves basketball, how do you feel about that? Um, this disturbs me. You know, um, I, I guess the only difference between LeBron and I are um, I'm not putting on any dunking clinics pregame. Uh, but you better believe I'm there. And I, I, I guess I guess I didn't look into it deep enough. I guess, you know, I may be too much of an optimist, but I think LeBron had every excuse in the world to find something else to do. But he chose to be there to support his son. Now, you and I both know these dunks that LeBron did pregame were not to highlight himself. Kids there are starstruck by this man. Absolutely. Kids there would, would pay money to see this man just dunk on demand so i think in a sense he's serving the kids alongside his son and i mean this is community service essentially man like you know those kids will live to tell their kids kids that you hear about this guy lebron james i met him yeah and as a child he put on a dunk show for us and I'm here as a 60-year-old, 70-year-old, telling you about this experience. They will never forget that moment as long as they live. Correct. As long as they live. This, this is not this is not LeBron attempting to hog the limelight from Bronny. Give me a break. Have you seen Bronny's highlight reel? <laughs> right. You know? So, and what, what do you think, Walker? Sorry. Okay. We brought up Jason Whitlock because we've never discussed him on our podcast before. For a great reason. You absolutely. In my personal opinion, Jason Whitlock has zero credibility. Okay, he's been a sports journalist for a while. They're entitled to have their opinions, but as far as I'm concerned, he has zero credibility. And here's why: I've seen him have smoke for LeBron James. I've seen him have smoke for Colin Kaepernick. I've seen him have smoke for even Serena Serena Williams. Okay. That's fine and good. I'm not against you having smoke for them. But when it comes to white people, mm, I don't see that same smoke. I don't see that same energy. I don't see that, right? You seem to get in line and be well-behaved when it comes to white people and and their BS, right? Right. When it comes to BS, you only see it with the black athlete. Mm. If you're not going to have the same smoke... For these NFL owners and their BS, if you're not going to have the same smoke for some of these athletes out here who are not black, who are doing stuff they shouldn't be doing, you're not credible as far as I'm concerned. Because you don't keep that same energy. You are the equivalent of a well-behaved Negro. Okay? That means you are Steven from Django. Because it's easy for you to have smoke for Jamie. Go ahead. Because it's easy for you... It's so easy for you to check the black man, but when the when massa calls, Ooh. you fall in line. And you get there fast. That's why I don't respect his opinion. That's why I don't respect Candace Owens' opinion. That doesn't mean that they're not being dis they're being disingenuous. For all I know, Gatry, they probably believe the BS they spew. Mm-hmm. But here's what I know 
And this is a tactic that I've seen Fox News do. If we're going to attack a popular black person that's well beloved by our community, we're going to put a black person and drop them in and get them to do our dirty work for us. Come on, Walker. Jason, they will pay you a handsome dollar. Candace, they'll pay you a handsome dollar to do their dirty work. That's why you are a well-behaved Negro. And as a black person who can see through that, I don't respect your POV. You can tell me the sky is blue. And I know it's blue. I checked the forecast, but I will go outside and grab my umbrella to make sure it's not raining. Because I don't trust anything that you say. Because I know what you're about. That's my opinion. Anything you got, Brad? I'm looking for the flawless victory sound effect. Okay. All right. Shall we move on? We shall. We're going to wrap up uh, this <laughs> discusser trash um, with uh, LeBron James again, uh, his camp at least. Um, I'm calling this the NCAA Rich Paul Rule. Discusser trash, Walker. Let's discuss it. Okay. So this week, um, the I guess the delegates of the NCAA came out and they said, you know what? For uh, sports agents representing uh, at athletes, we're going to need you to have a college degree. We're going to need you to have three years experience. And we're going to need people to recommend your work on their behalf. All right. Seems seems pretty, seems pretty, you know, weird or random. But let's, let's dig a little deeper, Walker. Okay. So here you have Rich Paul. Okay. Who doesn't meet any of these requirements to being honest, being honest with you maybe the latter um but he's got at least three years experience now oh, yeah but sure. at his inception you know he didn't have any of that um so here you have rich paul who is just absolutely killing it um his agent base spans uh the lebron james eric bledsoe anthony davis the list i mean the list goes on i could go on and on and on and on is Draymond one? Um, Draymond is one of them as okay. well. K no, KD went to Rock Nation. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he he's got a decorated portfolio, if you will. But um, you know, LeBron took to social media and you know the news out. No, he doesn't do news outlet. Excuse me. He took to social media and we had his Twitter. Yeah, kind of counter trolled and uh, really just bigged up his support for Rich Paul and called out the NCAA on what they were really trying to do. As he should. As he should have. Who's got a, who's got a bigger platform than LeBron, right? Right. Um, this is disgusting, Walker. Why uh, is it disgusting, sir? Be, because, like, w- this, this didn't matter to the course of professional sports before last week. It didn't matter. No one cared. Right. You could you Walker, you could get drafted tomorrow and look across the table and say, Gad, I want you to I want you to represent me. You could go home and say, Mom, I want you to represent me. Right? Yeah. Mom didn't have any experience uh <clears throat> with professional athletes. No one cared. It's, I mean it's your career. Right. You do what you want to do. Right. Now the NCAA wants to come in and come up with these phantom rules all of a sudden. No, nah, man, it didn't work that way. You as an athlete have the right to choose whoever you want to choose to represent you. What do you think this is about? This is about Rich Paul. Why Rich Paul? Because and I want to I want to kind of throw Maverick Carter in here too, but um because he's doing something a little different, but he's still under the sports umbrella. He's more entertainment, sports entertainment, right? But, um, they they see they see LeBron's influence and his impact. That he was able to make at a very young age. And LeBron essentially took care of those who he felt like 
you know, were worthy of being taken care of and placed them in positions of power essentially around him. And then one could argue LeBron's influence then shine more light on his posse, uh, Phil Jackson, um, to where they were able to generate influence individually on their own. Okay. There are people that have a problem with this. So so say you've got candidate number one who has gone to school to become a a sports agent because there there is school for that. I mean, you've got to get a master's degree in that. Right. And so he's out here. He's like, man, you know, I've got all the student debt. I'm going to go out there and get some top tier talent. You know, let me start at the top of the top of the ladder and go look, go for. Oh, no. Rich Paul's got him. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Let me go to Draymond. Oh, Rich Paul's got him, too. Okay, that's cool. That's only two players. Let me go. Rich Paul has him, too. Mm. So feelings got her Walker. Because this is America, Walker. The land of the participation trophy. <laughs> yeah, Rich Paul get all the money. And I went to this prestigious school <laughs> to get my degree in sports. And I'm supposed to have LeBron James. Well. Okay, okay. So it's jealousy. Yes! Gotcha. Okay. I have you a want different... my thoughts? I just gave them to you, Walker. I have a different take. Come on. Okay. So here, here's what here's what we know about the NCAA. When it comes to the student athlete, or in this case, we'll refer to them as the amateur athlete. Mm-hmm. The NCAA has a monopoly on those on on those commodities, or will for this for this conversation, we refer to them as assets. Okay. Right. In a business, you use your assets to monetize and make money for profit, right? All right. You don't pay your assets, mm-hmm. right? All right. Which is why the student athlete doesn't get paid, correct? Sure. Okay. They don't get paid, but they bring in millions of dollars to these universities and ultimately the NCAA because the NCAA makes money through the merchandising. Yes. Right? All right. So... These are assets. And it's always been a monopoly that the NCAA has wanted as it pertains, in this case, to the student athlete. Okay? Okay. So, you have, in enters Rich Paul. Rich Paul's young. Rich Paul's fly. Rich Paul's successful. He's intelligent. He's well-connected. And most importantly, he's influential. Right? When you got LeBron over here, you got other people, you're very influential. And he relates to the amateur athlete. He understands what it's like to come out of high school and try to make it as an adult in the real world, right? Not only that, he's managed to be to, to be so successful like LeBron without going to college. Right. So he got on the NCAA's radar by first of all criticizing them. For not having the amateur athlete's best interest in mind, but theirs. He's called them out for that. Right. And he said, as an agent, I want to protect my client's best interest. Mm. Right? Yeah. Enter Darius Baisley. Yes. Yes. All right. Darius Baisley is the 23rd pick. He was a 23rd pick. For the and I think he plays for the for the uh, the Thunder. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the twenty third pick of the first round of the past NBA draft. Right. Right. Where did he go to college? Um. He was a five star athlete out of high school. 
Where did you go to college? I was going to say something really corny, but it would give away the part that you're trying to get to. Right. Um, The trick question. (laughs) The trick question is he didn't go to college. Right. Rich Paul worked out a plan for him to get an internship overseas with New Balance, working in, I guess, like a factory or something like that. But it was a million dollar. And I didn't know there was such thing as a million dollar internship, Gatry. That's the thing. That's a career. Right. That's that's right. I could live here forever. I could do this forever. Sure. I don't have to work. I don't have to move up. I I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy. Can I come back next year? Right. Right. I will have another. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this is a million dollar internship, and while he's overseas, he's working on his game. Yeah. He's getting ready for the. He's working out. He's lifting. He's getting ready for the big leagues. Right. Right. This allows him to take care of his family if he needs to. He can sustain himself. He doesn't have to go without. And he's not getting exploited by the NCAA. Right. And he got drafted in the first round. As soon as he was eligible. Yeah. Get what would happen if your Zions caught on to this? Could you imagine what would happen to the NCAA if your Zions and and RJ Barrett's and those guys decide, you know what? I think I'm going to sign with this guy and go overseas and land me a similar internship that pays me money and I don't have to sneak with these money handshakes <laughs> and on college campuses just to feed my face. Right. Right? Right. What happens to the NCAA? Mm-hmm. So this is an issue. This is an issue of Rich Paul infiltrating what was once a monopoly for the NCAA and taking away assets that the NCAA could easily monetize and right. make a profit off of. That's what this is about. Okay. To me. Yeah. I think this is about that. And the NCAA saw that. They saw that kid get drafted. And they said, we got to do something fast. We already know he ain't going back to school because he don't need school. So let's just throw this in here and see if we can keep him at, at, at bay. That's really what this is about to but me. I, I don't understand how that attacks that. By putting putting essentially job requirements for professionals that represent sports agents. I think, yeah, I guess. It's a stupid rule. Yeah, because if anything, even if I do meet the qualifications, I'm <laughs> I'm going to take Rich Paul's concept and shop that around and use that to make myself look better. They're going to figure it out because they've they've gotten this far. Yeah, they're going to figure it out. But to me, this is the NCAA's desperate attempt. This is a hail mary on first down because you're running out of time. Right. Right. You're running out of clock. This is this is basketball, Walker. Who knows if this leaks over to football or any other sports? Right, right. I, the NBA is set up in such a way to where this is an easier transition. Yes, but yes, to me, this is this is that's why they call it the Rich Paul rule because he's found a way to get these kids around a system that is oppressor. As far as I'm concerned, the this is proof that the NCAA is a bunch of tyrants, mm-hmm. that they are a bunch of dictators. Because they want full control over these athletes and will not pay them, will not help out their family. Knowing good and well these kids come from some homes in which they know their... Shoot, some of these athletes, Gatry, have families of their own. Yeah. You know players from Alabama. I know players at Auburn who are married with kids. uh, Plural. Plural. Need money. Need to take care of their families. And they're not paying them one red cent. But meanwhile, you're padding your pockets. They're evil. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to put it to you this way. I remember there's some restaurants I like. I love some meals I got from them. Mm -hmm. It was comfort food for me. If I had a bad day, guess where I'm going? 
if I have a good day, guess where I'm going? Yeah. It was good for me. Right. But the moment I looked, made the mistake of looking at the nutrition facts, <laughs> and I saw how that meal was prepared and what was in the ingredients, I never looked at that meal the same way. Mm. And in some cases, I stopped consuming it altogether. Okay. Right? Right. As I'm getting older, and I know we're coming embarking on college football season, but I'm starting to see how the sauce is being made with the NCAA. And it's tough, Gatchery, for me to see these kids play their hearts out and know good and well they deserve a share of the profits that's coming from this. This is gross and disgusting. And like Jason Whitlock, who we put out there so we'll never discuss again, I want to call out the NCAA for just being trash. They are garbage for this. And I don't even understand how you can look yourself in the mirror Mm. or sleep at night knowing good and well you're robbing people blind for the sake of entertainment. These guys are making a killing, man. So that's just just my take on it, man. Well, um, that wraps up Discuss of Trash. You've been murdering these these closing discuss or trash topics. No, it's good. It's it's good for uh, for listens. Um, let's get on to our shout outs and player of the week segments. Okay. And or segment. Yes. And um, I'm not going to make the mistake this time. <laughs> and uh, Walker, I'm going to hand it unless you want me to. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you to kick off our shout outs. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. So my shout out, the person who I want to acknowledge who did, who's doing dope things out here, I'm going to butcher his name. So forgive me. Okay. His name is Raphael Sofaluk, I think. And I believe he's over in the UK. So. Mike getting away from me. So he. He started what's called as the UK Black Business Show. He's an entrepreneur. Hmm. And he wanted, he started brainstorming ways that he can like showcase a wide range of black owned businesses in the UK. Hmm. Right? Okay. So he had a vision for coming up with a show that uh, showcased black businesses, attracted attendees. And basically was kind of a conference where there's an exchange of ideas, uh, help people get their businesses off the ground, kind of an encouragement type of deal. So three three years later, after having this vision, the UK Blackness UK Black Business Show was born, and it showcases over 200 black-owned businesses and has attracted more than 2,000 attendees. Oh my goodness. Um, notable event speakers have included uh, Adrian Grant, the creator and co-producer of Thriller Live. Bianca Miller, an entrepreneur and the Apprentice Series 10 finalist, and Jamal Edwards, MBE, founder of SBTV, among many other successful black entrepreneurs. Um, This guy, I mean, despite the success in such a short amount of time, he is so driven and is determined that there's more work to to be done. He takes the profits that he makes from this and he reinvests uh, back into the event so that it can be bigger down the road. And so I just wanted to shout this guy out for having seen a need, seeing that there's black entrepreneurs and black owned businesses. There's really a lot of not a lot of places where they can go because black owned businesses have certain struggles that are just unique to black people. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. They're easily getting passed over for other businesses. I mean, again, the topic we open up with. Right. 
the look, right? right? Yeah. So this caters, he saw a need there and he filled it. And that's truly the spirit of entrepreneurship. And I just want to salute this guy for giving back to the community in that regard. So shout out Extremely to Raphael. Dope. Can I? Yes. Okay. You're our shout out, sir. Keep up the good work and you are an inspiration. So Walker, um, I'm going to introduce my shout out in a very dramatic form, if you don't mind. Okay. So, um, I don't, I don't have their names, but, uh, there's a, there's a family of black people traveling, uh, somewhere with their infant that I believe, um, let's see here. Oh, excuse me. 12 day old infant. Right. Okay. All right. So they're traveling and, uh, they pull over. They pull over to uh, feed the infant from a bottle, and while feeding said infant, uh, they notice that the infant stops breathing. So this mm. family, uh, uh, while panicking, travels at high speeds to get this child to the emergency room. Enter my shout out, uh, Deputy William Kimbrough. Uh, Deputy, Deputy Kimbrough sees this family, sees his car speeding, and proceeds to you know, light him up and pull him over. When he pulls him over, he sees um, an African-American woman jump out of the car, run towards the police car, waving her hands erratically, screaming, my baby can't breathe, my baby can't breathe, my baby cannot breathe. So, um, you know, up to this point, Walker, I think the news cycle has conditioned us to think this is not going to end well. Okay, but keep listening, Walker. Okay. Deputy Kimbrough upon hearing these pleas from the mother, uh, approaches the car, secures the child, and does what he was trained to do, which is administer CPR. And as he, and this is all on, on film, by the way, but as he's administering CPR, he's pleading and praying that this child cry, breathe, or do something. So um, in the middle of administering CPR, Deputy Kimbrough calls in uh, a heightened alert for paramedics to the scene. Now, coming from a police officer, you can imagine how quickly the paramedics got there. So um, he's administering CPR. The paramedics arrive. And long story short, they're able to resuscitate or revive this 12-day-old infant. Wow. So um, why am I shouting out Deputy Kimbrough? Because, again... This did not have the look of a good of a story ending well at all. You, you Where did this happen again? This happened in South Carolina. Wow. And you know what's happened in South Carolina with police before. Yeah. So um, I shout out Deputy Kimbrough mainly because he was able to weed out the minutia or the, I guess, the misconception that certain African-American people bring to the table, if you will. And was able to focus on the issue and really understand why this woman was acting what could have been described as erratically. In other words, he's a shining example of what we want cops to do. Absolutely. You know what's notable about this, Walker? Yeah. Deputy Kimbrough never brandished a gun, never got an attitude, acted calmly. Never felt threatened. Never felt threatened. Approached the car, got the kid. Started administering CPR while calling in paramedics. Come on, guy. Deputy Kimbrough, you you serve as an example that I want more law enforcement officials to learn from. 
So your actions make you my shout out. Let's give it up for Deputy Kimbrough, South Carolina. South Cat. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a great story. Great story. Need more like ya. Yes. So, um, the BS? The BS. Can I, can I go? Mine oh, segues please. really well. Mine's more lighthearted. Okay. <laughs> Imagine that. Walker, I'm going to stay in South Carolina. <laughs> Good job. You drew this Good. up to perfection, Walker. Good job. You drew this up. <laughs> so, um, our listeners may be familiar with the, with the college football coach by the name of Dabo Sweeney. Yes. Uh, he's from Alabama, from Pelham, <clears throat> actually. Uh, he entered our news cycle this week for making some comments about a former player uh, essentially not receiving a championship ring. May I, Walker? Go for it. So uh, there's a there's a gentleman by the name of Kelly Bryant who once was the starting quarterback for Clemson's football team this past uh, season. Um, Kelly Bryant, in my opinion, did a fantastic job in starting as a quarterback for the one and a half games he was allowed to start. Um, Kelly Bryant, after being pulled in a really crucial game that really could have gone either way against Texas A&M, um, quickly announced his intentions to leave Clemson University, um, mainly because he felt like he had done everything he was supposed to do in order to secure the starting role. And um, once Coach Dabo Sweeney announced uh, Trevor Lawrence, a freshman quarterback, as a starter, uh, Kelly Bryant said, you know what? I'm out of here. You know, if y'all going to do me like this, cool. You know, I'm pe- peace out. I have an issue with that mentality, but this is not the recording for that. But anyway, Kelly Bryant leaves. Um, Clemson then goes on to beat my beloved, uh, Alabama Crimson tied 44 to 16 in the national championship game, a game that I attended. Oh, still hurts Walker. But anyway, so, um, now it's a part of the season where, you know, Clemson's getting ready for the next football year. They're giving out hardware and rings to people on that national championship team. So, um, Dabo Sweeney took to the news waves to, announced that Kelly Bryant would not be receiving a ring. Um, When asked why, he says, and I quote, you've got to be on the team to get a ring. End quote. I've got a problem with this, Walker. Um, Mainly because you know and I know because we, we, we don't consume college football at the level we once did, but we consume it enough to know upon assessing that Clemson, Texas A&M game, it's um, you can argue the fact that if number two, Kelly Bryant, had not played that game, Clemson would have not only taken an L, but could have possibly been kicked out of the playoff scenario altogether. Possibly. I, mean, I may be reaching a little bit there, but possibly it was a loss. OK. OK. So in in thinking of that game in particular and thinking of the wild amount of character displayed on behalf of Kelly Bryant, um, in the whole quarterback controversy leading up into the season, you know, you you take it upon yourself, Dabo, to dismiss all of that to the tune of saying he's not going to ring because he's not on the team. Now, now, mind you, Walker, Kelly Bryant, I think, even though I may disagree with some of his actions, I can commend Kelly Bryant for not making a decision on where he was going to go after leaving Clemson until the conclusion or near conclusion of the college football season. Right? Because mm-hmm. I know I know me personally, I was waiting week after week to hear where Kelly Bryant was going to go. 
Um, I think he did that out of respect a little bit to Clemson. Right. So this is a young man who, while I disagree with his decision to go to Missouri, um, displayed extraordinary amounts of character. And to, to the tune of his Clemson, former Clemson teammates coming to his A-Day game in Missouri. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, so Dabo, you really want to keep this guy's ring? And tell him that he wasn't on the team when this dude's put in his work? Right. A guy who I really believe you don't get there without? Right. You really want to be petty and say he's not getting a ring because he's not on the team? Right. I dispose of this type of, of these type of comments, Walker. And, you know, my some some people that share the same fan base as I do, um, they, they're waiting for Dabo to become the coach of Alabama. This is one of quite a few reasons why I'm not a big fan of the hire, if we're being honest about it. Really? Truly. But this is not the podcast for me to really, really dissect Dabo. We're getting close to college football season, so that time will come. But um, this, this to me, was classless. It was heartless. and Petty? Petty. Extremely petty. So for that, Dabo, you're from Alabama. You know how to find us. Next time you're in town, come on in. I have... Put you in a seat right next to me. It's despicable, Walker. Get him out of here. Right. Um, yeah, I I, 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 second that. That <sighs> Kelly Bryant is trying to get to the next level. Sure. And I don't know. And, and the thing is, you don't know what was said behind the scenes. We know he was promised a job because obviously he started the season as the starting QB. Right. And when times get tough, you don't stick with your guy. And I, I can understand him feeling away. You got, what, four weeks to make a decision on whether or not you intend to transfer right. and then not count against you? He wants his eligibility. Yeah. So you can't knock a kid. If it, I mean, this kid, is a, he lost his job to a freshman. How is Kelly Bryant going to get his job back? Yeah, it's not happening. So what, it, what, why would I waste the rest of my year on a, and, and on a team that I know I'm not getting the job? Right? Right. Just his thinking. I mean, how was he supposed to know that the quarterback was going to get injured the following game (laughs) and the third string had to come in? How was he supposed to know that? Right? Right? So my thing is, is that if you're really trying to improve your passing skills, because that's pretty much been his Achilles heel. He can run all day, but throwing has been less to be left to be, you know, less to be desired. So I'm going to go somewhere where I can work on my game. Right? And to your point, out of respect for Clemson, I'm not going to make no circus on this. I'm just I'm just protecting my eligibility, right? He was your quarterback last year. Didn't he get them to a natty? Kelly? Yeah. Did he get them to he the playoffs? Them, he got them to the playoffs. The playoffs? Yeah. Okay. We won't talk about what happened. Doesn't matter, but he's got the he got them there. Sure. Right? He's been your quarterback. He's been he's been as loyal to you. As you've been loyal to him. Absolutely. Right? It's been an eye for eye at this point. So once you protected your interest by getting him, by putting in the freshman quarterback, Kelly had to protect his interest. Right. So respect the fact that he did what you basically did to him. Mm. Because I'm pretty sure you made promises to him when you sat in his living room and recruited him to come to your school to play for your team. No question. So, no. I agree with you. I agree with you. Anyway. Let's end on a light note. Thank you, Walker. I've been the one going in. Uh, DJ Cooper. 
I'm so glad you decided to go. DJ, with this guy. oh yeah, yeah. We had a lot of nominees today, but here's our winner. <laughs> Many of you may have already heard about him because he was discussed on like popular uh, uh, radio shows, like The Breakfast Club or whatever. So, you know who do who know who DJ Cooper is, Gat? Um, he's he's a basketball player, right? He's a FIBA basketball player, which is French for the International Basketball Federation. Okay, all right. All right. And he was trying to get on the roster for a Bosnian team, right? Right. Just like most teams or most jobs you sign up for, you have to take a drug test, Test, right? Okay. Okay. So, he failed it. Okay? He failed it. Okay. And usually that's player of the week worthy in and of itself, right? Sure. <laughs> in and of itself. You know you're trying to make a team. You know you're trying to get a job. It's important to keep keep your urine as clean as possible. Right. Right? right. That's, that should be the objective. Correct? Correct. Right? It wasn't like he was already on a team and they had a surprise drug screen. You're trying to get a job. Right. Right? So, what was player of the week worthy is how he managed to fail this drug test. Okay? Okay. Usually when you fail, you test positive for having drugs in your system. Right? <laughs> He tested positive, but he tested positive for being pregnant. Yes. Oh, DGZ. I, I don't see anything mm-hmm. out of the ordinary yet. Keep Not talking, yet. Walker. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I haven't made myself clear. So let's keep going, right? DJ Cooper used his girlfriend's mm. urine because his urine was dirty. Okay, what he and obviously she didn't know was that uh, he shot the club up. Go ahead. (laughs) He shot the club up, and that is a terrible way to find out that you're pregnant. (laughs) You talk about a double whammy, right? Gat, listen, man, listen. I'm a husband. You're a husband and a father. You know the importance of doing what you got to do to take care of your family. Absolutely. Being disciplined and doing some things that you prefer, perhaps may want to do, but you shouldn't do. Because you got people depending on you. Right. Right? Right. How hard is it, man? How hard is it to stay off weed for just a little bit? (laughs) I'm not saying quit weed. Right. Right? Right. Now, I don't do it. I don't partake. It's not my cup of tea. Right. Just stay off of it for a month. You know you need a job. Right? Right. Now you have a baby on the way and you've been suspended for two. Well, his suspension ends next year. But oh, you can't play ball. I didn't read that part. Oh, yeah. He's been suspended for a It's not a two weeks. He's suspended. He's out. He's out of here. Right? You have a pregnant girlfriend. And the thing that you love to do the most, you can't do as a way to provide a a living for your family. Think about that, Gat. Now listen, my pops told me at a young age, when he instilled certain rules and curfews for me, and I hated them, Gat. I hated it. But my pops told me that, you know, there's going to come a day when you become an adult. And you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. But what you're going to have to learn is that as you become an adult... You can't get spankings anymore. Mm-hmm. You're gonna wish you, you you can wish you're gonna wish you all that's all the punishment 
you had to get. On, we Mr. dreaded Walker. it as kids. <laughs> You're gonna wish you could just get a spanking. And it'd be over. And it'd be over with. You can resume life, but no, there's some built-in <sighs> permanent consequences to poor decisions that you make. Yeah. Oh, I'm using that one. You can get fired, and in this case, suspended. You can go to jail. You can have long-lasting consequences to your decisions. So while there are controls in place, you learn how to make good decisions now so that when you become an adult, it's already in you. There you go. This guy has to learn how to make positive decisions because it's no longer about him. It's about the girlfriend that's depending on you and that unborn baby that's going to be depending on you. Right. So allow this to be a shout out to you to get your act together. And as Stephen A. likes to say, stay off the weed. <laughs> right? Right. Get it together. And the gatry, do the honors. Nuh-uh. Get him out of here. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> That's another way of getting him out of here. Is that not what you wanted? No, you like to get you like to get people out of here. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's that's your thing. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I thought you wanted a sound effect. No. Okay. Yeah. We got it, but yeah. <laughs> that's all I have. Anything else, ma'am? Man, that's all I got, man. Thanks for another good recording, Walker. Guys, thank you for listening. Um, we hope you have a great week. Um, prosperous week, successful week. And tune in next time. This is the Tipping Point Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>